Welcome to the New Beginnings Fellowship Podcast. Wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by today's message. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. I feel good. I feel really, really good. Um, For those those who don't know me, hey, I'm the least of these. I'm Richard. I'm the pastor of this place. Let's keep moving. Um, Reminded of a story. I told the story before. Um, I got and I'm just reminded again, uh, especially after that last song. I'm like, oh my goodness, I will remember the goodnesses of God, the goodness of God. Um, I remember, is it 2023? I remember whenever Heidi and I got married. I'm like, and I remember when she was marching down an aisle, right? And sounds corny. But it's okay. I know enough ladies in here watch Hallmark Christmas movies, you know, and be like, oh my gosh. Time slowed. That girl was sashaying down that aisle. I mean, you know, just. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> that girl got fries with that shake. And I'm watching it. I'm married. Hey, I can do that. If you can't cat call your wife, who can you? Who can you? You know what I mean. Anyway, so I saw this girl going down that aisle. And, uh, you know, her dad passed away whenever she was a, uh, a freshman in college. Can't wait to meet him in heaven. So she has a brother walking, uh, uh, walking her down the aisle. He's actually a big brother, right? And he's, but he's, but he's big enough that if I messed around, I, I, I would have found out, right? So she's walking down the aisle, two brothers, and preachers like who gives this woman to be married to this man and 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 anyway I got to go and get her like for real I'm like oh my gosh I actually landed this fish I can't believe it oh my goodness and I'm like this is my boo in five years of marriage I'm like this can't get better high times low times I'm like how can it get any better but year after year it did and then we decided to have kids, and 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 we had a kid, and I'm like, surely it's going to get worse now, right? You have a kid, but it didn't. It only got better and better and better and better, and then you fast forward. We only had we only had two kids at this time, and um, Violet was just doing something. Whenever she was a baby, she was doing something, and she fell and she hurt herself, and she's crying like crazy. And nine times out of ten. Uh, whenever that little one was crying like crazy, they wanted mama. They wanted daddy. They wanted mama. Mama calm them down, blah, 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 whatever, right? But but Heidi tried to calm her down, and she wasn't having it. And I'm like, and so I came, and she went to me, immediately stopped crying. And she, and you know, and so I'm holding her in the rocking chair, and she's looking at me, and you know how post-cries are, and they're like, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, every breath that they're taking is just taking my breath away. And she stops crying and she falls asleep. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Right? And I'm just looking at this little punk, you know, just rocking her. And then I start crying. And I'm like, bro, what happened? Right? Backstory to that. Before... Before that moment, it was like a couple of weeks before I was hanging out with my dad. And 
And, and me and my dad, you know, through it was a bitter divorce, you know, him and my mom and, and, and me and my, me and my father didn't get a lot of time together. Uh, but amen that God reconciled their relationship and our relationship is still grown. It's beautiful. But uh, at that time, I'm looking at this dude at my father. and I'm like, how can I not spend this much time with him? But I look like him, talk like him. We think like there's just so many things. I am like my father and I'm holding my girl and I'm crying. And I'm like, oh, but when I was around the age of mom holding Violet right now, my mom and dad weren't doing so good. My dad left, right? Mom and dad got a divorce. The bottom fell out. We weren't good anymore. And I'm crying. And I'm like, I am so much like my dad. I don't want to experience that. And I was crying out of fear, thinking that it was going to happen, that one day the bottom was going to fall out. And Heidi comes into the room, and she's checking on me and the baby, and she noticed it was a reverse. Now, the, normally, it's dad's sleep, and the baby's crying. Now, the baby's sleep, and dad's crying. And she's like, what is going on with you, dude? And, and I told her that, like, oh, my goodness, I'm so, so much like my father, and, and I'm scared that the bottom is going to fall out, and all of the goodness that we worked on is just going to go. And, 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 and again, and everything was great during that time. And, She's like, Richard, according to the Bible, it says that you're a new creation. Like, you're not your father. You dummy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. He went to watch TV? You know? <laughs> I would never forget that moment. Never. Why? Because I'm not the sins of my father. I am not the sins of my past. I am a new creation each and every day. I know this is 2023, and sometimes we magically think that, oh my goodness, we reset. Oh, you know, now this is going to be the year. How about this? Today is going to be the day or the next minute or the next five minutes. If you are in Christ, then you are a new creation. The old is past and the new has come. Yo, we can experience the newness of Christ each and every day. That's who you are. You are a new creation. Amen. So 2023, I'm just going to remember just for right now, I am brand spanking new. So how about I act like it? I am not like the past. I am not my past sins. I'm not my past mistakes. I am a new creation. And God does miraculous things with new creations. Amen. So I'm happy today and I'm going to act brand new all year. So y'all get ready because um, ooh, stuff is coming. Let's pray. Oh, well, actually, before we pray, let me go ahead and go to the key verse. Uh, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 through 21. Again, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 through 21. If you have your Bibles, flip with it. If you have your phones, highlight it. Make notes in your phone, especially if you're in the Bible app all the time. Just comment in that sucker. You may not ever keep your notebook with you, but you always got your phone, right? So make notes on your phone. Times have changed, all right? Isaiah 43, chapters eight, um, ap- chapter 43, verses 18 through 21, it says this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Verse 19, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Woo! I am doing a new thing. Thing that you're not familiar with. 
you, you think you've been blown away by my miracles before? Oh, I'm doing something new. Just you wait. Don't you even, like, do you not perceive it? Do you not have any idea who I am? I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers and the desert. That's huge. We'll talk about that later on. Verse 20, the wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers and the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself that they might declare my praise. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Your mercies are new every day. Whenever we die, we're going to go into the new Jerusalem. <laughs> you cause us to be new creations. You're doing a new thing. God, thank you so much for your newness. And you're calling us to be new. You created us to be new creations. God, that's beautiful. Thank you, God, so much that we're not defined. We're not defined by our past sins, by our past mistakes, Father, but you are the one who defines us. You're the one who gives us value, Father. You're the one who gives us everything, Father. We pray that this would, not, not just for the rest of the year, we need you right now. Uh, I pray for today we would put all our hope and trust in you. Father, soften up our hearts so that we may be able to hear your word, understand it, apply it, and reteach it, making disciples. God, we pray that we will be the church that radically loves, serves, and encourages a new way each and every we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say it. Amen. Beautiful verse, y'all. Isaiah 43, chapters 18 through 21. But check this out. But the prophet Isaiah, he delivers this verse to the, Israel, to the Israelites doing incredibly dark times. Incredibly dark times. Let me explain. You see, because of their, the Israelites, because of their disobedience to Yahweh, God allowed the Babylonian army to invade the promised land, like the land given by the people. Think about that. They were slaves in Egypt. They were getting ready to go into the promised land, a land promised by God to be free, worship God freely and their own land, plant their own crops, live in their own homes, their own thing. And they had it, right? They had it during that time. But check this out more and more. They were disobeying God. God would sit these prophets, was like, yo, stop tripping. Like, 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 like God's judgment is going to come. Knock it off. Obey God. You have lost sight of the most important one, which is God himself. Knock it off. They didn't. They didn't whatsoever. So God allowed the Babylonian army to come. Not only did they invade the promised land, but they also captured the Israelites and they brought them back to Babylon, removing them from the home. They brought them back to Babylon as exiles. And while in exile, y'all, the Babylonians did not play. They hated the Israelites. And they tried their very best efforts to break the spirit of God's people. They tried everything. Now, one of the uh, one of the horrendous tactic that the Babylonians did, what they took the best and the brightest and the most influential Israelite men, like they took these men and they castrated them, castrated them, made them eunuchs. They completely took away their ability to reproduce. Like they, they were like, uh-uh, no, 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 you're not going to create another generation to follow your God. No, 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 you're not going to be reproducing at all, like at all. Made them eunuchs, right? And not only did they do that, now that's bad enough. That's terrible. But not only did they do that, but they also took away their names. Now, 
2022 seems like, oh, okay, you know, that's, 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 that's small. You know, you're taking away their names. Um, but that's huge back then. Because their parents named them, you know, like, like, like it, they, their parents named them so they can always remember who they were, which was God's chosen people. Their names meant honoring God, serving God, being delightful because of the goodness of God. They did all of that stuff. You know, when you read in Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, and the big Negro, that wasn't their names. Oh, my gosh. Did he just say that? I did. I did. Not now, one of y'all better say it. Missy, you good. But now nobody else better not say it, all right? <laughs> all right? But think about that. There were, that's, that, that wasn't their names. It was something, Isaiah, uh, no, Isaiah, I don't know. Just look it up yourself, right? But that wasn't their names. They were their Babylonian names. And those names meant honoring their little G gods, their, you know, pagan ways, you know, fake culture. And that's where their names, like, call me the name that I'm worshiping a little G God. Like, that's terrible. So not only did they castrate these folks and they took away their names, but the Babylonians, they also wanted to completely erase, completely erase, eradicate Israelite culture. And so they took these men, the best and the brightest and the most influential men, and they took them through something like a pagan training program, a pagan training program. This training was a three-year process that these Israelites would go through. Uh, 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 they would teach these Israelites how to be pagan, how to eat their food, how to speak their language, how to worship their gods, how to treat their women. This is what it looks like whenever you pursue and marry a pagan woman. Like, like they taught them everything pagan. This program taught them how to completely adopt Babylonian culture, which was the culture that dishonored God. It was the culture that hated God's people. It was a culture that hated God. Like, they forced them to do that, forced them to do it. That was the situation they were in. So put yourself in their shoes, church. Put yourself in their shoes. You're ripped away from everything that you knew. Ripped away from your home. Ripped away from your family. You're in pagan lands. You're slaves. You're exiles. You're forced to live in these lands. You're forced to worship these false gods. You're forced to abandon your own culture and adopt a culture that hates you, that hates your people, that hates your God. How would you feel? How would you feel? Y'all, in situations like these, it's really easy to give up hope. Really easy to give up hope. It's easy to come to the conclusion that being held captive is just a way of life. It's easy to become hopeless when you see no future ahead. And that was the case for these Israelites. That's how they felt. They were being, they were feeling hopeless and they were feeling defeated. And that's why in that season, that's why God sent Isaiah to give the people hope. I truly believe if you have hope, you can get through anything. They were hopeless. God was like, all right, Isaiah, let me give you the words to give the people hope in the midst of their darkness, in the midst of their darkness, in the middle of their darkness. He didn't send Isaiah after. He was like, yo, let me give, them, let me give, like, like give these people hope while they're going through their crap right now. Pay attention to that. All right? So with that in mind, let's look at verse 18 again. Let's check it out. I love, love how this verse begins. Love it. 
He says, Isaiah, again, telling this to a broken people right now. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now, that's huge that Isaiah told the Israelite people that. Now, this is key. Remember this. Do not forget this, all right? Now, the reason why the Israelites were exiles in the first place was because of their disobedience to God. This, their being in exile was God's judgment. Now, think about how they made them feel. Think about this, y'all. Just knowing that the terrible time that they're going through was their own doing. Like, all they had to do was to obey God and they would be free. They would be in their own land with their own names, eating their own food, worshiping their own God. But that wasn't the case. And they knew that it was their own fault. Knowing that truth just made them feel defeated. They were insecure. They walked in condemnation. They lost hope, not only in their situation, but they lost hope in themselves. Y'all think about this. Whenever you make a mistake and you have to suffer consequences for it, and you knew that the consequences happened because of your own doing, how do you feel about yourselves? Now think about this. They were in exile. Not only were they were in exile, but their kids were in exile. Their grandkids were in exile. And can you think about all of these leaders, these grown men and women, like all I had to do was obey God and my wife would be good. My kids would be good. I wouldn't be castrated right now. I would have my own name. I would be in my own land. How little, how little did they consider themselves because of that judgment? This situation in scripture is so very relevant to us today because some of y'all, I'm saying it, some of y'all have lost hope in yourselves because of your past mistakes. Don't tell me that I'm lying right now. You know I'm right. That's the case for me too. Many times, y'all, we lose hope in ourselves because of our past mistakes, because we made, we made a bad decision or we've, or we've made several bad decisions. And because of these bad decisions, like we've had to deal with some steep consequences, y'all. Hear this. I know that it's hard. I know that it's difficult. I know that it seems like your exilic period that you're in may be too hard to get through. But hear me, not only... Not only you can get through what you're going through, but even more than that, the consequences for your sin, no matter how steep, can never overpower the promises of God. Never. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Oh, because of my, my, because of my sin, I, you, know, I, you know, I got divorced. Doesn't overpower the promises of God. Because of my sin, somebody died. Doesn't overpower the promises of God. Nothing overpower the promises of God. You are still in, in your worst day, you saints. On your worst day, you're still a royal priesthood. You're still the light of the world. You're still a chosen race. You're still a co-heir with God. And you're still seated with him in the heavenly places. God is coming to get you too, as well. Because of that church. Hear this, y'all. Because of that, don't you dare, not even for a second, lose hope in yourselves. And don't you dare lose hope in God. Not for a second. You don't have the luxury to lose hope for yourselves. Don't have the luxury of doing it. 
You, you think you made some mistakes in raising your kids and, you're, and, and, and they're struggling because of it or you're struggling because of it or they're lost cause? No, don't you lose hope. You have no idea what God can do for you. No idea. No idea. He says, oh, okay, I'm getting excited. All right. Remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. If you repented for your sins, you're forgiven. Game, set, match. I'm going to say that plainly. I'm going to leave it there. If you repented for your sins, you're forgiven. Boom. You're not defined by your sins, no matter how egregious. You're not defined by your sins. God is the one who gives you value, who gives you purpose. And according to him, you're invaluable. If Maggie came to me, Violet or Penelope, and they were like, oh, son, such called me stupid. Okay, well, what did daddy and mommy call you? Well, you call me smart. You call me beautiful. You said that I'm the apple of God's eye. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we did. But they said, who is they? I will punch them in their chest. What did your daddy tell you? Right? So when the world says that, 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 that you're not smart, when the world says you're not beautiful, when the world says that you're a lost cause, when the world says that you won't amount to anything, who in the heck in the world can overpower God himself who says that you are the apple of his eye, you're beautiful and you're a new creation, that you're a royal priesthood? But we listen to the world so much, but who in the heck? Who in hell has the power to overpower God? Yeah, I said it. Yes, you've made some bad decisions that have placed you in hard circumstances. But God's judgment won't last forever. Won't. Why does God's judgment exist in the first place? To hurt our feelings? No. To get our attention. That's why, that's the only reason why God's judgment exists in the first place. I'm trying to get your attention. You do not have the luxury to go to anybody else except me. And pain is a motivator. (laughs) Oh, ouch. That's why I'm so, it's so much better to stay in the will of God and receive his promises, receive those blessings. Oh, The reason why God's judgment exists is so we can turn our eyes back towards him. You see it in Judges over and over and over and over and over again. God is like, stop, I don't like doing this, but this is what I have to do to get your attention. But his judgment won't last forever. You're still a recipient of his promises. So say all of that. Here's my first point, church. Even in the middle of God's judgment, his promises are true. And because of that truth, everybody, Look forward, Richard, but I'm in the middle of the judgment. Look forward, Richard, but it hurts. Look forward. You're not a lost cause. Repent and move forward. We got work to do, it. We got work to do. Moving ahead here. Let's use the same verse, but let me highlight a different idea here. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now, check this out. Now, let's go back to the book of Exodus for... Uh, uh, for this scripture. Check this out. Back in Exodus, like, like we're going, like, like the Israelites, they were slaves in Egypt. They had no rights. They had no power. They were completely mistreated. They had nothing in Egypt, absolutely nothing, nothing. 
They cried out to God and God raised up Moses to free God's people from the hands of the Egyptians. And after many miraculous signs, miraculous miracles, including Pharaoh and and, and his Egyptian armies being swallowed up in the Red Sea, they were free, free, once slaves, now free. And they saw it with their own very eyes. They saw all of the plagues, you know, and the whole, and millions of people, they're at the Red Sea. They see Pharaoh and the Egyptian armies come in. They're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And Moses was like, oh, boom. And then it just happened. And then as soon as the last Egyptian crossed the Red Sea, swallowed them up. Now the hair on their hair was harmed throughout the entire process. And they saw it. Not just heard about it. They saw it. Now, they're in the wilderness now. And they're like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do now? What we got? And you know, Moses is like, oh, let me hear from God. You know, Moses went up and got the Ten Commandments, did this, that, and the third ball, blah, whatever. And he was like, but where are we going to go? Oh, we're going to go to the promised land. You mean the one that Abraham was talking about? Yes. We're about to be recipients of the promised land? Yes. And it was right around the corner, right around the corner. And then I got hungry. That's it. Like, hungry. Like, meaning I wanted something in their belly to eat food. Like, they were hungry. So let's, let's read what happens. Check this out. Crazy things happen whenever you become hungry. As Heidi, right? Um, Exodus 16, chapter 1. They set out of Elam, and all of the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of sin. Now, I think a lot of the times whenever we think about the Israelites were just thinking like it's a small group of nomads, you know, a small group of people that just going from one place to another. And then miraculously, they were, you know, they multiplied, you know, to millions and millions. No, these were millions and millions of people that, that, that left, which just shows the incredibleness of God with the Red Sea. But hold on, let me keep going. So Israel yeah, came to the wilderness of sin, which is Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day, on the second month after they had departed the land of Egypt. They were in one town, headed to another, and then they got hungry. Check out verse 2. And the whole congregation, millions of people, the whole congregation of people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Their leaders who threw them, like, 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 let them out of that. Let them out of slavery. And then they started complaining and arguing about their leaders. Remember that the next time you want to write a strongly worded email or a letter to me. Whew, all right. Don't get me wrong. I, I always voice your problems and your frustrations with me. But just remember, okay, are you hangry? Because <laughs> if you ain't, I'm going to tell you about yourself, okay? Let's keep going. Verse 3, and the people of Israel said to them, oh, hear this. With that, we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out of this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Let me explain this. God had just freed them for a four, from a 400-year bid in Egypt. 400-year bid where there were slaves full of heartache, full of pain, full of injustice. They were just freed by that, and they got to see it with their own eyes. And what did they do immediately? They complained. 
They doubt that God, think about this. They doubted God. They doubted God. Like, oh my gosh, like we would, think about this. They're saying we would have been better if we were slaves in Egypt because at least in Egypt we had some stew. But we're gonna, but we're here free in the wilderness and we're gonna die here in the wilderness. Let us just go back to Egypt. Oh my gosh, I could not be Moses. It's, it's the reason why I am Richard and not Moses, because I would have slapped every last one of them. And like, you were, you're free right now, right now. And you are longing for Egypt. You're free. You're God's chosen people. You're protected. You're loved. And you have a hope and you have a future. And yet you want to look back at Egypt. The suckers that kept you slaves. You long for them? Think about this. He's saying like, you have the mentality of a slave, but you're free. Church, y'all better hear me this. Hear me this. At this point, they might have been freed physically, but they were held captive mentally. They were free, but they couldn't comprehend what God was doing or what he was going to do because they were living in the past and living in the past will always keep you from experiencing God to the fullest in the present. Always, 100% of the time. Everybody, you can't effectively drive a car looking in the rearview mirror. Can't do it. Make sure I'm off the road if you try it, right? You can't do it. You can't effectively live a life that honors God nor experience a life where you will receive everything that God has in store for you, which is a lot, while focusing on the past. That's a slave mentality, and we ain't slaves no more. If you're a saint in here, you're not a slave anymore. You're free. You're free. Don't be held captive by your past. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Actually look at what God is doing. And even though it seems dark, I promise you, he is doing something right now if you just open up your eyes and actually looked. And if you don't have the eyes for it, then pray for those eyes. God, open up my heart. Give me the eyes to see what you were doing. And I promise you, he will reveal Feel the amazingness, the awesomeness that he's doing in the present, in the middle of your tough circumstances, in the middle of your wilderness. He's doing something. And if you're sitting there so unimpressed, then you missed it. If you're unimpressed, maybe you're convinced that God has already maxed out his blessings. You ain't seen nothing yet. Nothing. Nothing. My dad wrote a book that I've yet to read. So, dad, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. But he wrote, and he says this all of the time. Expect great things to happen. Expect it. In order to do it, you have to leave your past behind. You got to go. You can't be longing for Egypt while awaiting the promised land. It doesn't work out that way. You got to choose one or the other. Some of us, and think about this, y'all. Let's go a little deeper into this. Some of us, like, like we can't forgive what others has done to us in the past. 
Like we can't forgive. Why? Because we're living in the past. And anytime that we remotely think about what happened, it just burns us up. Y'all, trust me, I know what that feels like. I was in that boat. Before Heidi and I came to MBF, oh my goodness, we were burned like you wouldn't imagine by our very best friends, completely burned, right? But we had a choice to make. We could either live in the past and be held captive by it, or we could see what God has in store for us, had in store for us that day, that day, and then the next day after that, and then the next day after that, and so on and so forth. And because of God, because of him, we chose the latter. And to, and to tell you the truth, y'all, we didn't even have the strength to look back and look forward. We couldn't. Our family was in 911 situation. Like, 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 I didn't have the strength. We didn't have the strength to look back at what was happening and, you know, be excited about what God is going to have in store. Matter of fact, it wasn't even an excitement of what God has in store for us. I'm like, God, you're going to have to do something because we have nothing. And God is like, so what you going to focus on? Back there? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to heal you from your past. I'm still going to heal you from what you experienced, but you can't live back there. I'm trying to do a new thing right now. What do you choose? And by the grace of God, by the grace of God, we chose that. And in doing that, we saw something spectacular directly in front of us, and we didn't even know it at first. Didn't even know it. Prior to that, while everything was good, we just stumbled across Matt Harmon and, 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 and Amber Harmon. We stumbled across Jeremy and Haley. We stumbled across uh, uh, Ryan and Aubrey. We stumbled across Silas and Jules. We stumbled across some incredible people. And you know what we started doing? Started doing a life group together. We're all in different places, but we was like, let's just do a life group together. This is awesome. And so we're a year in it a year in it, and it is going great. It is going phenomenal. As a matter of fact, we even jokingly said, like, man, how cool would it be if we just started a church one day? Like, this is awesome. Like, man, we need to do ministry together. You know, but we were just saying it you know, as words. It would be kind of cool, but that's the bond that we form with one another, and we just said it, right? And then our situation happened. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And then I got a call from Matthew. Oh, man, I'm rolling out. I'm leaving MBF. I'm like, oh, dang, that stinks. Well, all right, well, I'll be praying for MBF, you know? And I'm like, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, God? What are you going to do? And then I was fishing with Colton. Great things happen when you fish, by the way, right? I'm fishing with Colton. And Colton was like, yo, and Heath, Heath, you were with us too. And Colton was like, yo, what would it take you to go back to MBF? And I'm like, man, God's going to have to align the planets. And, go, and Cole was like, as if God doesn't align the planets at each and every day. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden, bing, the notification in my brain just went. And I'm like, wait a minute, Jeremy's a youth guy. And they need a youth pastor. Oh, wait a minute, Amber's a next gen in children's. I'm, I'm cool with her. And oh, wait a minute, Ryan, connection, and I'm cool with him. And Aubrey's, I'm looking at all of these things, and I'm like, ah, 
I don't know. Like, I pitch it to him, but I seriously doubt all of them go say, yeah. And all of them was like, God's been telling us too. And I'm like, well, let me pitch it to the church. And I pitched it to church. And y'all elders, you yahoos, y'all was like, yeah, let's make it happen. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And you fast forward right now. Look at the faithfulness of God. Why? Because I chose not to look back. God, what are you doing? He goes, I've already done something. Just open up your eyes and see. Just look. You have no idea what's directly in front of you right now, church. Right now. All you got to do is look. All you got to do is look. He says that I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Now hear this. Church, little did the Israelites know that God was doing something so miraculous that they'd never seen before. They were arguing. They're like, oh, my goodness, we're hungry. We're dying because of this hunger. Give us something. We long for Egypt, and, and we want the pots of meat in Egypt. God didn't be like, well, go back to Egypt. He did a new thing. And what happened? Manna rained down from heaven. Bread rained down from heaven. And it was delicious. But now we're thirsty. You know what happened right after that? Moses struck a rock. And water came from a rock. I've been thirsty so many times. And I ain't never seen no water come from from a rock. New things. New things. And what did these new things show them? That God was taking care. And y'all hear me when I say this. Hear this. If God cared so much about the Israelites for their physical well-being, manna provided them physical nourishment. Water provided them physical nourishment. If God would provide for your physical needs, oh, man, how much more will he provide for your spiritual A new thing, y'all. Y'all, you have not seen anything yet. If you're in here and you think that you're a lost cause, you ain't seen nothing yet. Nothing yet. If sobriety, if your sobriety is a water in the rock moment, then God is is, is in the business of drawing water from rocks. You can have your sobriety. If a tough relationship between you and a spouse or you and a family member of you and somebody else, if it seems like, oh, my goodness, no, that's that, you know, God doesn't provide, you know, bread in the wilderness, but he does. Y'all, you can experience all of that stuff. Y'all hear me. If God is telling you that he is doing a new thing, a new thing, then drop the old and expect the new. I expect God to heal relationships. I expect God to give sobriety. I expect God to heal whenever I'm sick. I expect God to do miraculous things. Expect it, church. I'm so grateful what God did for New Beginnings Fellowship in 2022. But 2022 is at the bottom of the Red Sea. I'm expecting something new. This year, and I'll give you more vision and more clarity here in the next couple of weeks. But this year, I plan us to do more. More. What I mean by doing more, I mean we 
we said that we're the church to radically love, serves, and encourage, and that is the vision that we got from God, then it. let's go ahead and put some feet to our faith. We're going to radically love, serve, and encourage. I pray that we're going to go deeper into the word. We're going to give more. We're going to serve more. We're going to encourage more. We're going to do phenomenal things. Why are we going to do these things? Because look what, look at what God done for us. I was dead. I was dead. Now I'm alive with him. I had nothing. Now I'm a co-heir to the throne. I was just a poor boy in southeast Missouri, you know, easily could have forgotten about, had nothing. All I saw was a broken family. And now how on earth, how on earth do I have a God-fearing, beautiful wife, three kids, happy marriage? How on earth that me, I had done so much sin. Like, God, who am I? to encourage anybody to follow God. God's like, oh, Richard, I have a new thing for you. And I am the least of these. What does he have in store for you? Well, let's find out. Amen. Let's pray. God, we expect new things because you told us that you're going to do new things. What are these new things? I have no idea. But I know how I need to get there. It's not to be held captive by the past. You say you're going to do a new thing, and I wait for it. And in my waiting, Lord God, radically love, serve, and encourage my brothers and sisters, because you radically love, serve, and encourage us. Thank you so much, Father, for your provision. Thank you, God, so much for the future. God, thank you so much for the we worship you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about New Beginnings Fellowship, connect with us or give, visit nbfhollister.org. Have a great week. And remember, we are the church who radically loves, serves, and encourages.